Have, I, um, have you ever gotten anointing? Have you ever been anointed? Have I ever been? No. Okay. Well, no. actually, yeah, I have. I've been anointed. I mean, of the sick. But I do that Anointing now. of the sick. Yeah. You've been anointed? Oh, yeah. Uh, have you been anointed? No. Really? Not that I know of. Oh, yeah. Well, I could tell you about my, yeah. my first anointing of the sick. Yeah, well, you were the anointee. I was the anointee. I was the anointed. I was in, I'm the anointed one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's what the sacrament does. Uh, yeah, so I was in six, sixth grade, sixth grade, and um, I had a lot of ear problems when I was younger, and we found out that I actually had a cyst growing in my ear. It wasn't cancer. This got gross. But Next. it was, well, you asked. Sickness is gross. Uh <laughs> So I needed to have surgery to remove the cyst from my ear because it could have, as the doctor said, grow into my brain. That's not good. Which, no. Well, give me something up there. Yeah. You know. That's, ooh, all right. <laughs> There's a lot of room. I think the cyst could have fit. Um, so the, uh, yeah, I had surgery. And before going in for surgery, uh, the pastor of my parish came over to my house. Um, I, think, I think it was like, the, if it wasn't the night before, it was the week of the surgery and gave me anointing of the sick before surgery. That's awesome. Yeah. I have never, to, to my knowledge, I don't believe I've been anointed. Really? No. Well, you're sick, so <laughs> you qualify. Sick. It's mind, body, and spirit. So is that like the cool skater lingo? I'm sick? Like I'm rad? No. <laughs> Darn it. Okay. I mean, you could use all the grace you could get, Paul. I, that, uh, amen. Yeah. <laughs> Well, welcome to our podcast. I'm Father Dominic. I'm Paul Maneric. And this is Ed Talks, where we hope to inspire saints who inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. Amen. So anointing of the sick, probably, I would even argue it's the most, the most understood sacrament of the seven. Understood or misunderstood? I'm sorry, misunderstood. There you go. I was like, <laughs> Most wow. misunderstood of the seven sacraments. because. I agree. Like with the Eucharist, it's mostly the the non-Catholics who misunderstand it. But with anointing of the sick, everybody, almost, well, not everybody, the vast majority Catholic and non-Catholic misunderstand it. Probably because of the name, right? The name or the naming issues. And no one knows what the name is. Right. Because you have a variety of generations that call it a variety of things. Right. Growing up in my house, in my old school house, extreme Unction that is extremely hot. <laughs> that that was an extreme. You didn't see it on my lips, though. Like an extreme tea unction on your lips. Um, extreme unction, which I always thought growing up was one word: extreme unction. Oh. Yeah, because I was a kid and I, I never knew what unction meant. Um, like. I don't know if I still know what unction means. I think it's like a, it's a. You're it's, the Latin scholar of the two of us. I believe unction is a creepy uncle. It's an unction. <laughs> Or just a smelly one. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so that was extreme unction, um, and then last rites, right? That's the that's last the most the, common oh. name for this sacrament, and and it's and it is not a bad thing because it is the the time when absolutely it should be given, but it's not the only time it should Correct. be given. So and anointing the sick, and you hear about it all the time. People are like, ah, anointing the sick, but um, 
Yeah, it's, I think it's changing. I think that there is a not not fast enough, in my opinion. Like it's too many people still call it last rights, and they want to wait to the last minute of Grandma's life. And we'll talk about that later. But don't wait. If I could get the sacrament a couple of days before my ear surgery in sixth grade, please call the priest as soon as you get to the hospital. Don't wait for grandma's last breath. It's not last rites. It's anointing of the sick. She's sick. Call us. Let us come and anoint grandma. Any major um, kind of surgery or medical thing coming up, you can get anointing of the sick. A woman call can us. get it before giving birth if yes, she knows. Yes, she can. Especially if it's a scheduled C, uh, you know, C-section where she knows this is a major surgery, right? Right. Um, so, yeah. And I've anointed lots of pregnant women. Um, they normally come after mass on Sunday and they're like, you know, I'm any day now or any week now, I'm giving birth or some of the C-sections. I know when it's coming up, and I anoint them. And, um, and even anybody, it's again, it's the sacrament is for anyone suffering in mind, body, spirit. So I also anoint people that are suffering from anxiety, depression, um, those that suffer from various other mental issues. Um, and then they come for the sacrament, and then those who are suffering spiritually that are feeling isolated from the Lord. They're not feeling God's love. They're feeling separated from the Lord and in various ways, I anoint them because they, they're, they're, they're sick and feeling separated and they need the healing grace of God. And that's why Jesus left us. This sacrament is one of the seven. All right. So Jesus left it for us. Jesus left it for us. He left that's all seven. For all us. seven, right? That's one of the definitions of a sacrament: a visible sign instituted by Christ. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus left it for us, and we know this, right? Because even from like way back to the beginning, and the church has been doing it, right? Since since the beginning. Should I pull out my Bible? Pull it out. All right, you got my Bible right here. Uh, we're gonna go to James, which is a letter. Mm. James, uh, which we actually read at the beginning of the sacrament of anointing of the sick. And this is because it's basically anointing of the sick from the apostolic era. So in James chapter uh, six, ch- chapter uh, five, excuse me, um, the the Bible that I have actually says anointing of the sick. Nice. The, it, it, the Bible itself doesn't say that. They they kind of like you know break that's it up into little their header yes. for the for what you're about to read. Yeah. Exactly. But it, it says uh, literally in verse fourteen, is anyone among you sick? This is James asking um, the community to, to whom he writes, he should summon the presbyters of the church, presbyters, the priests, and they should pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick person and the Lord will raise him up. If he has committed any sins, he will be forgiven. That's the, that's the sacrament right there. That's exactly what it is. That's it. Um, so from the beginning of the church, which is so cool to think about, with baptism, you read about the things in this apostolic age that these things are happening at the church's infancy. They might look slightly different. There's there's more kind of theology built into the liturgy that we have now, um, but the sacrament itself is there in the Bible. It's beautiful, and and the the sacrament itself too, coming from James, as he says, you know, the priest will come lay hands on them, anoint them with oil. That's exactly what I do when I anoint somebody. I put my hands on their head. I say a prayer, uh, call down the Holy Spirit, and then uh, give them the anointing, which is I, I uh, anoint their forehead and the palms of their hands with the words um, that I'm supposed to use. Now, when you say with oil, is this like um, 
Johnson and Johnson baby oil. What do you what do you Extra use? Extra virgin here? olive oil. Extra virgin <laughs> olive oil. But oil that's been blessed uh, generally by the bishop. Um, and so stay tuned. Coming up during Lent, we'll have special podcasts on the Triduum liturgies. So we'll talk about the Chrism Mass. Very cool. Uh, which is where the bishop of the diocese blesses the chrism, the holy oils that are used by parishes, and then every parish gets oil from that mass. So we where, get our three little bottles of oil. Where do we keep ours? Because, I mean, I, some parishes you'll see, like, a church will actually have them on display. You'll yeah, see most the th- of them display them by their baptistry. So we use our original ambry. Nice. The ambry is what you call the, the thing, the shelves you put the oils in. Yeah, we don't call them shelves. Um, we have ambry. We have an ambry. Yeah. Would you know the Latin where that comes from? I don't, but you're the Latin scholar. I don't. Okay. Uh, I'd have to see how it's spelled. I'm assuming it's A-M-B-R-Y. Yeah, I, I would pronounce that ambry. All right. Anyway. Sure. So in our sanctuary on the the Blessed Mother's side, mm-hmm. it's actually on the wall underneath the stained glass window. Okay. It looks like a little gold door. Cool. Well, it looks like a little gold arch, but it's a door. So in there is our, That's it says a- Ole Sancta. I know that, holy oil Yes, <laughs> in Latin. Very nice. It says Ole Sancta. It's right there. Ole right Ole above the uh, chrism, uh, the chrism, the uh, credence table for mass. That is really cool. I never. I don't even think I ever noticed the ambry on that oh, one. Oh, really? Because it's like Melchizedek, right? In the, yeah, in, it's under the Melchizedek in the window. the Melchizedek window. Awesome. So that is, for the, the, like Father was saying, on the, the west side, the Mary side of the church. Uh, that is really cool. I'm going to have to look for that next time. There you go. On the sanctuary. That is really, really cool. The stuff. kids that when I normally I do a church tour, like for the second graders, especially when we get close to Holy Communion. And so I bring them to the, the Ambry and I open it up for them. And they're all like, ooh, because it's like purple fabric on the inside, like purple felt. It's it's a pretty nice Ambry. Uh, I bring out the oils. and um, Do you let them smell the chrism? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, oh yeah. Chrism's the best smell. It's, it's fun seeing. I love the smell of chrism. Actually, I get my. Beard oil uh, from a group called Catholic Beard Balm Company, and I buy their chrism scented <laughs> beard balm and beard oil. I, as you walk through the halls, you sometimes say, just smell it. I, th- say, I want a, you to think it's just the smell of my priesthood. There's an anointed essence to you. It's like uh, that's okay. Well, I know just your beard, secret. Catholic Beard Balm. Go right. check them out. They're great. They're not a sponsor of this podcast. I might. Maybe they will. They be. can be if they want to be. <laughs> You're listening. I mean, of course they're listening. Laugh away from the Chest for storage. Chest for storage. Hey, from producer Rick. And that's so. And that would be where where the French armoire comes from. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, In Spanish, armario is the same thing. It's like a a cabinet. Yeah. So there we go. So that's all. It's all making sense now. It all becoming linguists. We are. I mean, I'm I'm not, but this is great. Thank you, Rick. Woo, producer Rick for the win. Nice. All right. So there you go. There's your Latin. Your your romantic <laughs> your romance Love language uh, lesson for the day. So less hot. It's less hot. All right. Okay. <laughs> Whew, we can continue. Um, <laughs> it was a moment of, of peril there. Um, I cannot anoint you with anointing of the sick. Uh, that is, who is the minister of anointing of the sick? It is a priest. It's a sacerdotal act. So only a priest or a bishop can anoint. So a deacon cannot. Deacons, anoint. much to their peril <laughs> and displeasure deacons cannot anoint and the oil and we looked that and we see that even in james right it's right. called for the the priests Pres- presbyters yeah um and 
it's not. And they had deacons by then, and it wasn't called for the deacon or the priest. Yeah, it's very explicit. Um, it's very much a priest. And that's and so this is kind of a a visible sign, right? That's always what a sacrament is. A visible sign of something that's happening that's that's not visible. A visible sign of this this transmission of grace, right? Of a visible of invisible sign of a visible reality. A visible sign of an invisible, invisible reality. Yeah, I'm, I'm messing everything up. Man, I can't get misunderstood. That's or okay. That's tea is going right I to know, your... It's because the lack of tea because I can't drink it. It's too hot. <laughs> so <laughs> decaf tea, too. Well, that's the real problem. I think Tell there it is. That, yeah, that's yeah. it. So Jesus, right? He institutes this. And he, during his ministry, one of the most... I mean, we think about when, when people say, what, what miracles did Jesus perform when he was alive? I think overwhelmingly people will name physical healing miracles, mm-hmm. right? Like the the blind man seeing the deaf man here, the lepers that he cured, the woman who hemorrhaged, who touched his cloak, r- literally raising um, people from the dead. Uh, of course, that great, that great moment of the paralytic when in Luke, right, the, the roof is being ripped open. The first elevator <laughs> to go to Jesus, mind you. Are we going to, is that is there a reference to that in our There elevator? will be on our, not a cornerstone, but our little outdoor plaque commemorating the year it was built. It will have uh, Luke 5, whatever the the scripture is. Um, so people will know that even Jesus, at Jesus' time, they needed an elevator to get to our Lord. That's amazing. So Do you have it? I've got it. I'll read it for our listeners. It. So this is Luke 5, um, 17 through 26. And um, so we're going to skip ahead because this is, uh, so Jesus is teaching and healing and doing all these things. And some men brought on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed. They were trying to bring him in and set him in his presence. But not finding a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the stretcher through the tiles into the middle in front of Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said, as for you, your sins are forgiven. But then the scribes and Pharisees began to ask themselves, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who but God alone can forgive sins? Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them in reply, what are you thinking in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your stretcher, and go home. He stood up immediately before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home glorifying God. Awesome scene. And that's actually, I'm glad we, we, we read that because Jesus does this a lot of times in, a lot of, in, all the, in almost all the miracles. But this is, I think, another misunderstanding associated with anointing of the sick. There's, there's a distinction that our Lord makes consistently between healing and ailment and bringing salvation slash forgiving sins, right? right? And that's what the sacrament of anointing of the sick is mostly for. It's mostly for the healing of, of a fractured relationship and to bring salvation to the sick person. So it, in the rite of anointing, there's more references to forgiveness of sins through uh, reconciling with the Lord um, about the faith of the person and believing in the resurrection and having no fear, dispelling fear because of the resurrection. It's 
it's all about the relationship with Christ and not necessarily like there's no blank spaces for the priest to say, you know, please heal Paul of his broken arm. Right. I mean, that that's definitely an intention for the ailment to be healed. And, and it has happened. Yeah. And miracles happen. Miracles have happened through the sacrament. But they are miracles. They it's are miracles. not expected. Right. The expected result of this sacrament is what happened first in that story, right? The first thing Jesus, Jesus did. Jesus forgives his sins first. Yeah. I, and even like the 10 lepers, right? Only one, Jesus heals them of their ailment of leprosy. They all, and then tells him to, tells them to go to the priest and show yourselves so that they can know this miracle has taken place and God's glory is being revealed. But when the one returns, only his sins are forgiven and his faith has saved him. And that's, that's what it's all about, right? And right. Because every single person, Scott Hahn makes this in that, the book that, that Ed's gave us at Easter a few Easter's ago, Signs of Life. He makes this very great point where he says, every single person who was healed in all of these stories that we hear about in the Gospels, including the people like Lazarus and Jairus' daughter who, who had been raised from then, they all died eventually. Mm-hmm. None of them are still walking around. Jesus didn't like heal you and like, oh, don't worry, for the, forever now you're cool. That's not the important thing because that's going to go away. We're all going to die. Amen. But we're not all. Pandemic or not, <laughs> masks or not, even, vaccines and shots or not. Even even back then, everyone. Death comes for us all. Every single There's one of the us. There's a positive message for this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> wait, wait, one more time. Death comes for us all. From Memento your- Mori. <laughs> more hey, Latin. That's it. <laughs> Um, so cheers, cheers to death and the resurrection and the resurrection. <laughs> keep, keep it positive. So, the, but that's it, right? That's the whole focus of this yep. sacrament is that we know that death is coming, whether it comes for us in this surgery that we're having mm-hmm. to remove this tumor or whether we get 10 more years or 25 Terminal more years, disease. Yeah. right? Even if a miracle happens and I am cured of this amazing in, in this amazing, miraculous moment, I'm still going to die. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, my time on earth is is but, you know, it's like the, the flower, right, in the sun. It, it's beautiful and it shines and then it wilts and it's done. Mm-hmm. And that's compared to eternity. I mean, that's what it's like, right? It's a, a day. So that's the beauty of the sacrament. I think something that Our people Lord don't... himself carried his wounds in his glorified body, too. I mean, it's, yeah. sometimes it's in our suffering that God will glorify himself as much as he would through healing someone. And that grace, right? That's the grace yeah. to face it because it is hard looking death in the face. I haven't done it, but I can imagine that it is We're a tr- in no rush. I don't want to do it yet. Um, but I, but it has got to be hard. Right. And this is a, it's like an, a sheet of armor or a suit of armor, right. For that, that struggle that's going to happen because it is easy to despair when you suffer. It is easy to say, God doesn't love me. God gave this to me. He's punishing me for something. I, it's easier to, to, to hate what you have been given as opposed to focusing your attention on the cross and saying, okay, he did this too. He's right there with me in suffering. He's given me the strength. I can do this. I can face it. There's something better on the other side. I'm going to call out Father Joe Taylor. Oh, great man. Our, our retired priest in residence, one of them, uh, one of the three, and he is ready to die, and he tells me every day <laughs> that he is ready to die. And there's a special grace there, right? I mean, he knows and believes to his core in the resurrection and in heaven, and he's done with being here, and he's suffering here. I mean, he's not 
he's not overly sick of anything. He's he's 94. He's got dementia, and he's he's, he's got good German songs. From his yes, team. he's got he's got great jokes, and he's a, he's a funny guy. Um, but he's re- he's ready to go. He's ready to meet the Lord. Ready right, to go home and. He knows that his suffering, he unites it with Christ on the cross. I always see him praying in his room, and he comes to Mass on Saturday nights. Uh, I don't know but how he's he gets ready. That. None of us do. It's he amazing. Walks and he, I don't, anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful. But way. his little, like, now when you leave the room and you say, okay, Father Joe, I'll, I'll talk to you later. See you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. He goes, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Or he'll, another one of his lines is, see in heaven if not sooner. And I hope it's not sooner. <laughs> yes. You told me the one time where he was he was going. He felt. Oh, he, yes. And he, and he felt. I went in for lunch. So he like, and God love him. He's retired 94. He wakes up at like 10, 11 in the morning. So when I go into the kitchen to have lunch, he's having breakfast. And I was like, hey, you know, hey, Father Joe, how you doing? And it's like, terrible. Like, What's wrong? It's like, I was in bed, fast asleep, and I saw the light. And I started walking toward the light, and I heard my mother's voice. So I started running to the light, and then I started shaking, and I woke up because Donna woke me up. <laughs> Donna's his caregiver. And I was like, oh, he's like, I heard my mother's voice. I was this close, and she woke me up. I'm like, well, Joe, we pay her to keep you alive. He's like, Stop. Stop paying her. <laughs> oh, God bless Father Taylor. I was this close. Anyway. Uh, so, but, I mean, he he knows to his core everything we've been talking about. Yeah. Right? And and he's just, he's ready to, to meet Jesus. So when, when you are aware that a grandmother, a parent, a brother, a sister, a child, hopefully not a child, but it, it happens. It if you are aware of someone that you care about who, when do I call? Who do I call? What do I do? Call the rectory or shoot us an email as soon as someone is sick right so you know your grandma's 90 and she's at the home and they have to take her to the hospital because she was having chest pains call the call the rectory and say father grandma's gonna be at swedish covenant i'll let you know the room she's in uh she's not dying but just in case can you come and anoint her and then when you have the room number you can also just wait to have the room number Call me like grandma's at Swedish in room blah blah blah. Please come and anoint her. She ain't dying, but she's in the hospital. She needs to be anointed, and then we'll go. Don't wait. It's not last rites, and the sacraments are for the living. When you're dead, you are God's problem alone. <laughs> I can't help you when you're dead. The sacraments are for the living, so you don't call me when grandma's three breaths away from meeting Jesus. It, then she's up for Jesus. Like I then then I show up, and it, it's too late. And sometimes you know the you know, the family is still sitting around Grandma, and they still want me to anoint her. But anoint, the sacraments are for the living, right. so we pray. Um, we, there there are prayers for immediately after death, and and we do those prayers. But I can't give grandma the sacrament and there's a there's there's that other element too that's so regularly tied in now not with an anointing say after mass or something like that for someone going into church but when someone is close to the end the viaticum right to oh, bring yeah. them, them the eucharist, the eucharist for, the for the last time and that is and that's even beautiful it's beautiful uh, that's all part of the ritual but you can't do that if you're dead i can't you can't do it if you're dead um and, and also too like 
oftentimes when people are toward the end, so, you know, the, the nurse will tell you, you know, grandma's, you know, within hours or maybe the next day of, of dying, she can't eat at that point. Right. Most, most people, when they're, you know, within that 72-hour mark of dying, they're completely out of it. And they're probably, if anything, they're hooked up to a tube or they're, be, they're given ice chips. Um, cause there's, there's, so I can't give them the Eucharist. But if you'd called me five days sooner, even three days sooner, I could come. Grandma would be alert enough. She could receive communion, maybe go to confession, um, be anointed. And it's not like the anointing doesn't expire, right? Um, and so that's call me immediately. And it, immediately. it has it has the power of forgiving sins, right? Correct. This is this. It's a similar experience to baptism, or, and anytime you go to or communion, con, yeah, communion, confession. Um, now, it's not for mortal sins. Not for mortal sins, but it, but to wipe away all venus. Now, I will say this: my grandmother, my mom's mother, she died of um, colon cancer at my parents' house in my parents' bed. Um, she came to live with us to die when I was in high school. And I remember getting woken up in the middle of the night one night and my I, first at was first I was at practice, baseball practice, and my uncle came to pick me up. I said, Why is Uncle Jim here? And uh, he, he goes, Well your your grandmother is is dying. I said, okay. So I went home, you know, then there's the long period. She was unconscious. We call a priest. A priest comes to anoint her and he has the Eucharist and she's unconscious. He said the body of Christ and she opened her mouth beautiful. and received the it was the Eucharist. It, like yeah, it was a very moving moment of grace. Um, and it happened in my you know my house. It was, it was awesome. It was That's it beautiful. still gives me an emotional. The best anointings, like all my favorite anointing stories, are when families are there with the person. Um, because that, that you just everyone sees it's you know Christ at the center of that family and and the healing you know that healing isn't then just for the person being anointed that that healing is for everybody involved to see and to know you know grandma or auntie or whoever is being taken care of and Christ is present here you know it's, it's a beautiful sacrament and and we offer it First Fridays. First Fridays, we offer the Sacrament of Anointing of the Sick at a special, we call it a healing mass, um, every first Friday. So we have adoration all day, which Come. also brings healing Come. from 9 a.m. to 6.45 p.m. At 6.45, we do benediction, which is a, a brief prayer service with the Blessed Sacrament where we bless uh, everybody with the Eucharist. Um, and then at 7 o'clock, we celebrate the healing mass, which is it's just regular mass, but after the homily, uh, we offer the anointing of the sick, which is available to all baptized Catholics. Uh, generally, we say 16 and, and older, but for special situations, we'll give the anointing to any baptized person that's sick. It's like I was in sixth grade when I first got it. I wasn't 16 yet. Um, and then you receive the Eucharist, which also brings healing grace. And every first Friday, and again, it doesn't expire. So then if you come and then you end up in the hospital or end up getting sick or you have surgery that month, you know, come to that first Friday, you get anointed, you get the Eucharist, and you go can, home and you're ready. It's not a sacrament you can only receive once. Correct. Yeah, you receive it as often as you need. Cool. Well, that's, yeah. that's a beautiful, what a great sacrament. It is. It's beautiful. To close, I want to share when uh, Cardinal George was dying. And it's his death story is a beautiful one. He was in his room. Um, there, he lived with uh, 
an aux- uh, two auxiliary bishops at the time and his uh, longtime secretaries of priests. Um, they were all with him, and the cardinal knew it was coming, um, and he was alert enough, so he asked for uh, Bishop Gettert to anoint him. And so Bishop Gettert anointed the cardinal, uh, gave him communion, and then uh, they sang uh, the Salve Regina, and apparently he died within about 10, 15 minutes after the Salve. Oh. We're talking about a beautiful way to go. Amen. That was, oh, and he deserved every beautiful moment of that. May, may God grant him peace. And may he intercede for us. And may he pray for Chicago. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to our podcast. I'm Father Dominic. I'm Paul Eric. And this is where we hope to inspire saints to inspire saints to build the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen.